Welcome to the Emerging Temple broadcast. I am Michael Obeyer. I will be your guide for the rest of this broadcast. At Emerging Temple, we seek to analyze current events within the context of God's plan for mankind, in which he intends, at the end of time, to raise up a people who will rule with him. Before I go any further, I want to encourage you to like our page, to subscribe to our channel. And if there is a notification bell icon, I would like you to hit that bell so you can be notified anytime we upload new videos. I want to encourage you to like this page so that we can develop the number of likes that we have so that we can come up in the rankings because we have a message that is critical for this hour and this time. So thank you so much for those of you who are already doing so. If you'd like to support our ministry, you can visit our website at templeoftruth.us. That's www.templeoftruth.us. Or you can go to patreon.com and look for our handle, Emerging Temple. Okay? We're also streaming now with the online radio platforms, um, including Spotify, iTunes, and Google Music. There's a few others. If you want to see the full list of radio stations through whom we broadcast, you can go to our website, templeoftruth.us. And I thank you so much for those of you who've been communicating with us, sharing with us um, your thoughts about our message. We're very encouraged to hear from you. Uh, many of you are watching us through the um, platform, I mean, hundreds of, through the platform of Facebook and WhatsApp, etc. And um, that doesn't necessarily uh, reflect on our accounts here on YouTube, but it doesn't really matter. If we reach one person and we're able to help transform the life of one person and it, develop that relationship you have with God, man, we've hit a home run, okay? So it's not all about the numbers for us. It's about it's about the fact that God is using us and we're grateful that you'll find us worthy, you know, to, you know, to be used at this time and this hour. Really, um... No, I can't. Nothing really. Um, you know, apart from personal stuff, nothing really. Um, but then I, I just, just one question. Okay. And it's about you know the story of the Tower of Babel. This might sound like um, a bit of a silly question. But I was just thinking, or was some, well, I just read somewhere and I started to think about it, the significance of the Tower of Babel. Were they really, was it a physical story? Was it a spiritual story? Were they really trying to build a tower that, would, that was so high? Um, because we watch, like yesterday, we watched astronauts, you know, yeah, space yeah, space space um astronauts going up into space and you would equate that to people building the Tower of Babel, wouldn't you? why what's the that's why I said it might sound like a silly story, <laughs> silly question, but <laughs> <laughs> is was it really a physical building that was going up into heaven or is this a spiritual story in summary? Okay, I'm going to let mom answer that. Why don't you ask it again, Abele? Yeah, I was, I was asking about the Tower of Babel and if it's a, a if, if if they were really building a, 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 a tall tower, is this a physical building or was it a spiritual story? Because we see astronauts going up into heaven today. 
well, not heaven, but into space. And uh, I, just, I said earlier that it might look like a silly question, but it's just, I just wanted to know if it's one of those stories that are spiritual stories in the Bible that we apply to, to things happening in the world today, or was it really, were they really building a physical tower? I think man over the centuries has, has always thought about doing that and tried to do it. Mm. And they're doing it today, going up into space today. Well, see, they're, they're, they're moving on, on the airways instead of building out of brick and mortar. Right. So there's a difference in the two stories that these were, um, they had the motive, the motive of the Tower of Babel was to get to where God was, to get to where God was and, and um, feel as powerful as God. And maybe he had to then destroy or, or, or put confusion in their midst. Or, or was it just, uh, I don't know. I, I still don't, some of these stories, I don't know if they are really true stories or if they were just spiritual events that, were, that, that we have to apply to the life we live today. So, Mom Logan, do you feel it was a real story or just you feel it's um, like um, a parable? What do you think? That's what she's well, asking. I think, that, I think they're real stories. Okay. Uh, man cannot be a god. And they have tried for eons trying to be supreme. And they keep being shown that um, there is only one god. Okay, that's okay. What do you think? Sorry, I was muted. Okay. okay. My under I, it was a physical building that they built, but my understanding was they were trying to build a tower that would be tall enough so they could find their way back to the tower no matter where they were on earth. And that's why God stopped it because the command he gave to us was to, was to scatter. He wanted us to fill the whole earth. So building a tower that we could see from wherever we were would, was um, in contradiction with what he asked us to do. Okay, so uh, Billy, uh, it seems like when you read it, you felt they were trying to build a tower to get to God, correct? Yeah. I felt like they were trying to, yes, they were trying to build a, a tower to do the, you know, impossible to do, yeah, to get to, to God. I think that's what they said, isn't it? Okay. Now, a lot of people think so, but they themselves didn't say so. It's people, commentators, that just added that, and it has become the popular refrain. So most people feel that what you were thinking was correct. But actually what Kay just told us is exactly what they said in the Bible. They said, let's build a tower so that we're not scattered upon the face of the earth. So they gave us their reason. And their reason wasn't that they wanted to go to heaven. Their okay. reason was they wanted to have a central command. Right. A one world government. Okay. So 
they wanted the city to just keep expanding and expanding and expanding and expanding so they will be coordinated from one point and no matter how far away on the earth they were scattered they would always be able to look back and see that tall structure okay. shooting up in the sky so they know where they came from i see okay and so they didn't want to be scattered on the earth which like Kay said was contrary to god's intention that means god said let us make man let them replenish the earth so I say, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth, which is basically to be scattered upon the earth. Yeah. So they wanted to go contrary to that. The okay. other thing that you asked was the one that mom answered, which was mom was correct in telling you that it was literal. Now there's a rule of thumb. So whenever anybody asks that question, mm. if somebody asks you a question about a story in the Old Testament, whether yeah. it was real or not, the answer is always, yes, it was real. So, for example, did Eve talk to a snake? Yes, she did. Does it have symbolic meaning, spiritual meaning? Yes, all the stories do. But there is not one story in the Old Testament that is just symbolic and that it didn't happen. Because if that were so, then you wouldn't know what to believe in the Old Testament. Yeah. You can't pick and choose what is spiritual. Whenever the Bible told you a parable or something, it would tell you it was a parable or a revelation. So for example, when Daniel was telling us about, he saw four beasts and he saw this and he saw that. He mm. told you he was in a vision, right? Yeah. Good. Um, and of course, when Jesus told us a parable, he told us, the Bible would say he told them a parable. And so we're able, you know, to determine that this is a parable. When okay. he told us the story about Lazarus who died and the rich man who died, did he say it was a parable? No. No, exactly. No. Okay. He just told us, you know, there was a certain rich man. Mm. And then he named, he called the name of the poor man who died and he called the man's name he said the man's name was Lazarus yes okay yes all right now I will I'm going to blow your mind with something are you guys ready yep yep the word Lazarus is a way of pronouncing the name Osiris have you ever heard of Osiris uh, I have yeah um wasn't it like the, the paganist, the pagan religion or whatever? Okay, very good, very good. Osiris was the first resurrected character in ancient cultures, okay, who was yeah. killed and resurrected, okay? So, okay. so you see, it's a, it, it, it's, a, it's a play on something, but there really was a person called Lazarus. Okay? okay, there really was a person called Lazarus because the Bible even tells us that, that there was a set. That, you know, the Bible there were two Lazarus in the Bible. One was the poor beggar, okay, mm -hmm. and then the other one was the one who had two sisters. Remember? Okay. Yes. Okay, 
and the poor beggar had nowhere to stay. But Lazarus had a home. He, the, the other Lazarus had a home and he was a friend of Jesus. Mm. Now, why does Jesus decide to tell us two stories about two different people who died, but both of them have the same name? Okay? It means there's some meaning in that name, Lazarus. Okay? All right. Mm. But, but once you hold up, you know the basic principles. You don't have to know these sort of things like I just mentioned, but you know the basic principles. When you're reading something in the Old Testament, unless it tells you this was a vision, this was a dream or something, if it tells you a story, it really happened. Okay? Yes. Remember we said God created the world in six days, correct? Yes. Now, he didn't even create the sun, the moon, and the stars, according to him, until the fourth day. Correct? Correct. Now, but God knows that when you and I hear first day, second day, third day, what are we going to think of? Normal days, correct? 24-hour yeah. period or whatever. Correct? Right. He won't tell us it was one day if he meant that it was a thousand years or that it was 1,500 hours. He would tell us it was 1,500 hours. So when the Bible tells us that God created the world in six literal days, it's six literal days. It, thinking this way doesn't make you ignorant or myopic or whatever. It is God testing you just as he did with Adam and Eve. Do you understand? Okay. So now you're, you are the Eve that is being tested to see what you think of God. Okay? God has told you he created the world in six days and the seventh he rested. Does it have spiritual meaning? Absolutely. But as long as it's in the Old Testament, it says what it means and means what it says. Okay? So... Okay. Yes, if you talk to somebody who's not a Christian and tell them that you believe the world was created in six days and on the seventh day God rested, they will laugh at you. Well, if it's going to affect their hearing the true gospel of Jesus Christ, then you avoid argument with them about that. It's not really essential, you know, for salvation. You know, you could be born again, believe in Christ, believe in God, and not believe that the six days is a literal six days. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. yeah. But once you know the principle that anything in the Old Testament said what it meant and meant what it said, then you hold that as a rule of thumb until one day God comes to meet you personally and said, <laughs> no, I was actually not being very truthful when I said something, which is not going to happen. Okay. God will never play games with us. He, will, he won't tell us something and not mean what he's saying. If, he, if he's trying to get across to us some kind of parable or some kind of idea, he will let us know that this thing, he's trying to get, us a, get across a parable to us or, you know, whatever. He doesn't, he doesn't do that. He's not, he's, not, um, he's not shadowy. Okay, that's good. Any other question or... Uh, Mom, did, did, you, did you have anything that happened with you uh, that you want to share with us? 
Not that I recall. I'm always having something, but most times it happens and I can't remember unless I tell it to someone almost immediately. I don't know okay. why that is. Okay. Okay. But I did tell uh, our son, Jim, Pastor Jim, yeah. something and like on Monday. And then when this gentleman got killed in the streets and no one was helping him, I was telling him that God was at work and that he was going to be called into service from people that he hadn't heard from in a long time. And when he had his Wednesday uh, session, he had something like eight first cousins reaching out to him. And he talked about redemption. And uh, he even heard from someone that's the same age as him that he didn't know he was related to. And all of a sudden, people are reaching back on their roots finding God and solace in the word. And that was the only thing I can remember. And it was just a conversation, but it was just so vivid and true. I could almost see what he told me after they had reached out to him. Yeah. But see, that was kind of personal to me because it was relatives of my husband's and relatives of mine. That's unusual that on one day that they reach out at the same time in large numbers. So yeah. God is busy doing something. And he's sending them to you. That's what I feel. Yeah. Okay. So okay. I thought it was a message to, to me, not so much one to relay to someone else. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, does anyone have any scripture or something you want us to discuss or share? Well, when I read them, I'm always wanting to share, but I can't remember any one particular. Okay. Sorry about that. Chinese is on the call too. Okay, yeah. hi Chinese. Okay, maybe her microphone is mute. Um. Hi, good morning. Hi, good morning. Canadian time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. All right. So. So nobody has anything to share with us? Uh, nobody studied the word this week? Well, I did read, um, well, the word I read, I understood. So I don't think... Um, yeah, so why don't you share it with us? It, it was have, mainly... Yeah, well, yeah. 
mainly Psalms, really. Um, oh, Psalms. Okay, okay. Yes. Um, and okay. there's other passages which I, I should have made notes of, but I can't remember. You see, how I read the Bible sometimes is I just ask God to take me to a page. What, I just pray and say, God, can you speak to me? Can you just direct me to a page? Right. And, and then I just open. Sometimes that's the way I read. If I haven't got any particular passages I want to read, that's what I do. And that's what I did this week. Okay. Um, and I just open my Bible to any, any part where it opens, and I just read that bit. And that's what I did. Okay. Do, do I assume that we're all on the call because um, we generally hope that someone else will teach us the word this morning? Wow. Well, yes. Just... And also as an opportunity to share yeah. of people of like mind that love the word okay okay all right all right let me let me share a secret with with us do you know where a preacher receives the word from when he wants to speak to the people i didn't say who who he receives it from i said where in his spirit, in his heart, in his mind? He receives it from his audience. Oh, interesting. Let's take a look at the book of the Revelation, chapter 1. Amen. Amen. Um, I don't know if we want to read. Yes. So let's say, let's take it from verse 10 to 20. Oh, okay. From verse 9 to 20. Anyone can read from verse 9 to 20. Amen. Amen. I, John, both your brother and companion in the tribulation and kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ was on the island that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. And I heard, I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. And what you see right in a book and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamos, to Thyatira, to Sardis, to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. Then I turned to see the voice that spoke with me. And having turned, I saw seven golden, golden lampstands. And in the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the feet and girded about the chest with a golden band. His head and hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes like a flame of fire. His feet were like fine brass, as if refined in a furnace, 
and his voice as the sound of many waters. He had in his right hand seven stars. Out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forever. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and of death. Cry the things which you have seen, and the things which are, and the things which will take place after this. The mystery of the seven stars which you saw in my right hand, and the seven golden lampstands. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands which you saw are the seven churches. Amen. 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 Look at verse 12. It says, he had heard a sound like a voice, a great voice like the trumpet in verse 10, correct? Yes. Correct. And in verse 12, he says he turned to see the voice. Correct? Correct. Do you see voices? <laughs> you hear them so you, you you turn to see if there's something there exactly what he told us he, did, he didn't say he turned to see who was speaking he said he turned to see the voice now this is important because the voice of god has a personality amen amen so when we're talking about the voice of God, we're not talking about a voice like my voice or your voice. We're talking about a person. Mm. So he turned to see the voice that spake with him and being turned, what did he see? He saw seven golden lampstands. So what was talking to him? This is the spirit of the Lord. No, no. Based on what we read, let's not interpret yet. Oh. Let's just oh, go okay. by the let by the letter of the word. So he turned to see the voice, and when he looked, what did he see? The lamps. He saw the seven golden lampstands. If your mm -hmm. Bible says candlesticks like mine, that is totally wrong. Okay, and it matters that it should say lampstands. Mm. Okay, mine says um, candlesticks. But it means it lampstands is a reason why it's good to stick with what it actually says in, in Greek. But so he says he saw the seven golden lampstands. Now jump to verse 20. And what did Jesus say about the seven golden lampstands? The very last sentence in verse 20. The churches. Said what? It says they are the seven churches. So the seven lampstands are what? The seven churches. The seven churches. Now, who is John supposed to go and speak to? Jesus told him to go and speak to how many churches? Seven churches. And Abele, you named all of them. Yes. So the very people he is being sent to speak to are the people through whom God is speaking to him. Amen? Amen. All right. So now you see why it's important when we get together 
for us to come prepared to say something so that whomever God is actually going to use to speak to us gets provoked by you and I to speak from God. I know this is a different way of looking at it, but everything I'm sharing with you is based on the word of God. Please, let's turn to the book of Genesis and see something. Uh, Genesis chapter 3. So we're going from the very end to the very beginning. All right. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Genesis chapter 3, verse 8. And we'll take it to verse 11. It says, then the man and his wife heard the hold sound. On, hold on. Hold on. Let's see if everybody's there yet. Oh, okay. Yes, I'm there. Okay. Shall I read? Amen on my side. Is everybody else ready? Yes. Then the I man... Think, I think K is, K is muted. I thought I heard her say amen. Oh, I can't hear her on my side. Okay. Okay, that's fine. Go ahead, please. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord, God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? Good. Just wanted me to go to, through to 11? Yes, that's it, 11. Okay. Now, if you look at verse 8, what does it say that they saw, he saw walking, or he heard walking? The sound of the Lord God. Okay. Here it says the voice. Okay. Your, your Bible said sound. Yes. The actual word is voice. Okay, I'll write that in. Now, God is spirit. So when a spirit moves, you don't hear any sound. Correct? Okay. Physical it. sound. Now, I have no doubt that God actually came physically to talk with them, the God, and I have no doubt about that. But the scripture says, and they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Okay? Okay. God's voice is what interacts with you and I. Do you all remember a scripture that says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God? Yes. Very good. Do you notice that that place translated the word of God in Greek actually says rima or rema, R-H-E-M-A. I'm sure you've seen lots of churches called rema church, rema school, etc., rema Bible school, something like that. 
The yes. word rima means spoken word. Like when you have your Bible, that's the word of God, correct? Yes. The word of God in your Bible is called the Logos, L-O-G-O-S. Okay? But it is dormant. The part of the word that is effective is the part of the word in your Bible that God himself speaks to you at any given time. So, for example, you've heard the scripture say, by his stripes, you are healed. Correct? Yes. So sometimes when God wants to do a miraculous healing in a person, out of nowhere, that scripture, which you have read a thousand times, will suddenly come to you in a strange way. And you just get out of your bed and say, I am healed. Wow, I, I feel great. Now, what mm -hmm. happened? What happened was God himself spoke the logos to you. That's the word that's already written. And he came to you personally. Now, as it has come to you personally, it has come to you as the rima. That is why Paul said, faith comes by hearing and hearing by rima. Okay? If faith okay. came by just hearing the Bible read to you, then every single person that has heard the Bible read to them would have faith. So, because our scripture is written in English, we use the, the, the English word, word, W-O-R-D, for both logos and rima. Are you getting me, somebody? Yes. Okay. So there's a distinction. When the Bible wants to speak about the logos, so in the, remember in, Genesis, in, sorry, in the book of John chapter 1, it says, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. Correct? Correct. When you read it in Greek, it says, in the beginning was the Logos. The Logos was with God, and the Logos, sorry, the, and the Logos was God. Okay? Okay. So what Adam heard in the garden was the voice of God, the word of God. Okay? Got it. But, but that voice he heard was a rima. Are you with me? Yes. Or rema. Or rema. R H E M A. Okay. Was a spoken word. Okay. Because the whole relationship that creation has with God is based on what God said. Correct? God said, let there be light. Let there be trees. Let there be this. Let there be that. Correct? Yeah. So every single thing came into existence based, B-A-S-E-D, based on the word that God spoke. So nothing that God created can relate with him outside of what? the word of God. There is only one creature that has the ability to disagree with God. Guess who that is? The devil, the devil or 
The devil never can disagree with God. Whatever God tells the devil, he does. To the T. You will never see anywhere in scripture where the devil disobeyed God. It's man. Thank you very much, Chineze. Only you and I. Do you know even the, the rivers obey God? When Elijah was thirsty, God said, go to the river. I have commanded it to give you water. When he was hungry, he said, go to the raven. I have commanded to bring food for you. Can you imagine the kind of food a raven would bring for you to eat? Mm. Have you ever seen ravens go for good food? They're always going to trash cans. Anyway. <laughs> Scavenger. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Then when his food ran out, Elijah told God, he said, God, I'm still, you know, I'm dying of hunger here. He said, ah, don't worry. I've commanded a widow in Zarephath to feed you. I mean, if you hear God has commanded somebody to do something for you, will you go there with any doubts? No. Good. He showed up and he told the woman, ah, woman, I'm here. Give me to eat. The woman says, what do you mean? All I have is this thing here. My child and I are going to eat and die. And he said, don't worry, you won't die. Give me to eat. Now, what happened? I thought God said he had commanded the woman to feed him. Yeah. The woman had received no such instruction. Was it the wrong woman? It was the correct woman. She didn't hear the rima. Aha, uh -huh. okay. Now, God said he had spoken to her. The, the river obeyed God. The raven obeyed God. But the woman didn't even hear God. She was distracted. She was worried. She was concerned. Whatever her reason was, she missed God. And that's what happens to us individually all the time. I woke up, but I couldn't remember the dream. I know I dreamt something. Oh, I read something in the scriptures this week, but I just can't remember what it was. <laughs> Am I talking <laughs> to somebody here? Me. Amen. Yeah. So, so that's why on Sunday morning, somebody will ask you, this week, did God speak to you? You say, no. <laughs> no. Say no. And Rima. <laughs> Rima, Rima is, is exactly that. It's the spoken word of God to you. You get it consistently every day. There's no, there is no five minutes that goes by that you're quiet, that the Rima doesn't come to you. If you have a problem at your job, if you have a problem trying to solve a computer problem, if you're trying to tend your garden and make a certain plant grow, there's a Rima for that. Do you understand? Hmm. It doesn't matter what it is. You see, a do lot of people, a lot of Christians love to do God business only in church. They think Rima only applies. Look, Rima applies to what policies the government is going to do tomorrow. God will tell you. Rima applies to where you should buy a house or not buy a house. Yeah, people always say, I want to know the will of God. I want to know the will of God. No, what you need to know is you need to know how to understand Rima. Okay. Yes, then. Hmm. And Rima will always bring itself to pass if somebody believes it. 
Okay? So okay. the whole word of God is Logos. Okay? And the word Logos, while we in English say it means word, it actually means a bit deeper than word. Okay? Okay. It means like something like um, reason or idea or basis for. Okay? okay? So for example, if you have a company, you have a company logo, correct? Right. And it's supposed to be like some kind of copyright, some kind of stake to this territory. Okay? Some kind of expression about your idea. This is your idea. Okay? So that's where that English word logo comes from. It comes from the Greek word logos. Okay? Logos means the basic idea upon which everything is founded. So for example, when we came into this country, I say we, but I'm referring to those who came three, 400 years ago, we killed all the native people that we found. Isn't that so? Mm. Hello? Didn't that happen? It did. It did. Okay, now, what does the Logos say will happen to our descendants if we do such a thing? We will get it back, right? That's what Logos says. So, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Isn't that so? Yes. Now, when a woman was caught in adultery, some people came and wanted to stone her and told Jesus that Moses in the law said that such people should be stoned. You, Mr. Nice Guy, what do you say? Did Jesus say, don't stone her? He said, let he who is without sin cast the first stone, correct? Wow, yes. That means Jesus acknowledges the word of God but said, let God be the one to throw the stone. And the reality is, if the woman did not have Jesus, God would have stoned her sooner or later. Amen? Amen. Good. So, the Logos is the word of God. It's eternal. Whatever man soweth, that shall he reap. Now, because you and I are out of harmony with the Logos, we deserve punishment. We deserve to be stoned. But because we have come to believe in the Son, Jesus Christ, we can, be, we can escape that wrath. Now, you and I today living here should know that for the things that we did 300 years ago, 400 years ago, whenever it was, at some point... We must receive, even though I didn't participate in it, but I am now a part of this nation. I identify with this nation. And it's very important that you understand that in the scriptures, you don't actually have to descend from Jacob to be a child of Israel. I, want, I will show you that another day. I want you to listen to me. So all of us that say, I'm from Nigeria, I'm from here, from listen. If I go and become a Russian today, I have now accepted all that will happen to the Russians based on whatever has happened in the past. <laughs> it's important that we understand what I'm saying. Okay? So now, 
you and I can uh, will avoid the wrath that is to come upon the nation because we have come to believe in who? Jesus Christ. The angel of death that God sent to Egypt would kill the Israelites if they did not have the blood on their doorposts. Is that not so? Yes. Did the Israelites enslave the Israelites? No. No. So why would God kill them? Why wouldn't the angel of death just say, oh, you're an Israelite, and go by? Why did God have to tell Moses to warn them that if they themselves didn't put the blood on their door, they too would be destroyed? They caused their own death. Because they, they by putting the door, the blood on the door, they are accept well, they've accepted to be one of the saved. There just you like go. just like when we accept uh, Jesus Christ, we become one of the saved. There you go. So With this, everything in this whole creation is rooted in the word of God. So anything that deviates from the word of God. Okay. So for example, the scripture says, you will stand in the presence of the gray hair. Do you guys know that scripture? No. Nope. Okay. It's, I would love somebody to please find it for me. Anybody that can find it, please find it for me. Okay. Stand in the presence of the world, gray. Did you say gray hair? Yes, it's the Old Testament. Thou shalt arise in the presence of the gray hair. I think it's uh, Leviticus 19. Okay. Uh, 1932. Okay. Thou shalt rise up before the hoary head and honor the face of the old man and fear the Lord. Well, this uh, let me just read it. Um, there's a different version. I think when you read it with King James, it says, You shall arise... Um, hang on. <laughs> no, read, read it. Any, read it. Read any version you have. Rise in the presence of the aged. Show respect for the elderly, and revere your God. I am the Lord. Okay. So was that the King James? No. Was International. So New King James says, "You shall rise before the gray-headed and honor the presence of an old man and fear your Lord, fear your God. I am the Lord." Okay, now I want you to just take that scripture. Now, thou shalt rise in the presence of the gray-headed. That's the New King James, but the one I keep quoting is the Old King James. But, mm. but um, contextually, okay, 
contextually, we're talking about a, a word from God. This is a logos, right? This is a moral law from God, correct? Right, right. So it will never end. It's a moral law. It has to do with your relationship with another human being. Okay? Hmm. Now, when you get into a bus or the train, you are a 30-year-old man. Then an 85-year-old woman gets into the bus. You don't stand up. It has nothing to do with the fact that you didn't read the Bible because all moral laws of God are written in every human being's soul. Otherwise, God cannot judge mankind. Amen? Amen. But because we have been so taken far away from the Logos, the written word of God, which is written in us, this Bible you're seeing, every single page in this Bible is written in the, in the genetic code of every human being from the day they are born. Okay? So now, we live a life in which young people feel it's okay to exchange words with the gray hair. My, my. But there's a moral law from God that says you should do this out of fear of who? The gray hair? Revere your God. Out of fear of God. But you see, democracy tells you once you are 18, you are what? An adult. <laughs> so we have two adults here. An 18-year-old and an 81-year-old. Two adults. <laughs> one speaks, the other one speaks back. One says, I'm unhappy. The other one says, I'm unhappy too. It's called democracy. It's called freedom. But it's contrary to logos. So which do you follow? Logos. There you go. Now, the day a young person just hears that word in their heart, boom, what do they receive? Is it logos or what? Rima, there you go. Okay. So the reason you study the scriptures is to provoke the word that God already put in you as a human being from before you were born. The whole Bible is in every human being when they are born. Okay. Now, let me just stop there. I think I've shared a little bit, but I don't want to get to, you know, of course, my, my point when I started was to show how the word of God is a personality. Amen? Amen. It's a personality, somebody. So when you don't obey the word of God, you're disobeying somebody. When you do deeds contrary to the word of God, you're challenging somebody, and that somebody is Jesus Christ, the God of the whole universe. Now, is there any hope for a country whose ancestors have done evil?
if the oh, king or the leadership of that country acknowledges, okay, God will forgive. How many times did God forgive Israel whenever a king would repent? Everybody remember King Asa, A-S-A? Can somebody look him up for me? A-S-A. King A-S-A. King Asa. It's a book of kings. Oh, in the book of Kings. Uh, first Kings. Okay. I think it's uh, 15, 8, but I haven't gone there yet. Okay. First Kings, 15. Good. Yep, I see that one as a, a marker too. Okay. Okay, first Kings chapter 15. Um let's take it from verse 16 to the end. Anybody can read. Mom, do you want to read that? You know, I was using my okay. concordance and I wasn't using the Bible, so I don't know. Okay, okay, it fine. Chinese, can you read that for us? First Kings chapter 15, verse 16 to 24, not to the end, sorry. First Kings chapter 15, uh, chapter 15, verse 16 to 24. Okay. Um... Inside this order. Okay. Um, first King 15, right? Yes. From 16 to 25. 24. 24. Okay. Um, there was constant warfare between Asa and Basha, the king of Israel. So King Basha of Israel came up against Judah and began to build up Ramah to prevent anyone from going out or coming in to King Asa of Judah. At that, Asa took all the silver and the gold that were left in the treasuries of the house of Jehovah and the treasuries of the house of the king and handed them over to his servants. King Asa then sent them to Ben-Hadad, the son of Tabrimon, the son of Hezion, the king of Syria, who was dwelling in Damascus, saying, There is a treaty between me and you and between my father and your father. I'm sending you a gift of silver and gold. Come, break your treaty with King Basha of Israel so that he will withdraw from me. Ben-Hadad listened to King Asa and sent the chiefs of his armies against the cities of Israel, and they struck down Ejon. Dan, Abel, Beth, Maka, all Chinereth, and all the land of Natali. When Basha heard of it, he immediately quit building Ramah and continued dwelling in Tirzah. 
King Asa then summoned all Judah. No one was exempt, and they carried up the stones and timbers of Ramah that Basha had been building with. And with them, King Asa built up Geba in Benjamin and Mizpah. As for all the rest of the history of Asa, all his mightiness and all that he did and the cities that he built, is it not written in the book of the history of the times of the kings of Judah? But in his old age, he suffered from a disease in his feet. Then Asa was laid to rest with his forefathers and was buried with them in the city of David, his forefather. And his son, Jehoshaphat, became king in his place. Okay. Now, have you ever heard of King Asa before or Asa? Yes. Okay. Do you know what he did to his mother? Mm, no. No. Okay. His mother was an idolater. And she had the title of Queen Mother. And when he came into power, he removed her as Queen Mother. Okay? okay. Now, he was a great king, and the Bible speaks of him as a great king. But that act, okay, that act of going to make peace with Ben Haddad. Okay, and Basha, by giving the things of the Lord, caused him to have a sore till the day he died. Did you notice that? Yes. Hmm. Okay, look at verse 18. Then Asa took all the silver and the gold that were left in the treasures of who? And the treasures of the king's house and delivered them into the hand of his servants, and King Asa sent them to Ben-Hadad, the son of Tabron, the son of Hezion, king of Syria, who dwelt in Damascus. Okay? So, he wanted to make peace with everybody. He wanted to get along with everybody. Okay? Yeah, not possible. <laughs> okay. But he was a good king. The Bible... So... The Bible, when the, every time the Bible will say something, you know, about King Asa, it will say something good about him. But this one act of everything he had done, it didn't take him from being among the list of good kings, but he had to live with the soul in his foot till the day he died. So he remembered that every time he took a step. Exactly. Okay. Now, he didn't have Jesus to be able to make amends for him. You do. I do. Okay? Yeah. So, I wanted to show us here how not only can nations, you know, make mistakes, you know, whatever, but a person can make mistakes. Now, as great as Asa was, he never, there was no time it says, and Asa looked and said, you know what? Uh, I did the wrong thing by taking God's property and giving to King Ben-Hadad of Syria so that he wouldn't attack me. Was there anywhere we hear him say that? Nope, no complaint. But the good thing about King Asa was he, he raised probably the greatest king outside of David. 
in the Bible. Jehoshaphat. Wow. <laughs> All right. So uh, let me just stop there. So I solicit your prayers. I solicit your support. Okay, I want to thank you for your time. For those of you who have been faithful, you know, uh, supporting this work, for being involved, sharing these videos. Okay? Don't be, don't, don't, don't get weary. Don't be weary. Don't get tired. Your strength is supposed to come brighter and brighter every day. Okay? Keep pressing on. Share these videos with your family and friends. Start watch parties on Facebook over this video so your friends and family can discuss it. Okay? And continue to write us. Write me through Facebook. Write me through you know, the, the comment section here on YouTube. Okay? So I want to encourage you. Thank you so much for the way you've been supporting us. Thanks so much for all that you've been doing. We really appreciate it. Remember what I said. If you want to continue listening to us, do have audio, you can always go. Okay? To our website. You can see the online radio channels that you can get us through. Like I mentioned um, Apple's iTunes. I met Apple iTunes. I mentioned um, Spotify and I think Google. You can also, you know, there are other platforms also through which you can hear us through audio, okay? I want to encourage you to subscribe to our channel and to, you know, hit the like buttons. Hit the like buttons. I can't say that enough. Every time you watch these videos through YouTube, hit the like buttons. Now, if you're watching through Facebook or you're watching through some other video like WhatsApp, it's not going to show here so we won't be able to see your like. But if you're watching through YouTube, I want to encourage you. Or Facebook, wherever it is, I want to encourage you. Hit that like button. Okay, hit that like button. It matters to us. Okay, thank you so much for your support. Thank you so much for everything that you've been doing, you know, by watching our videos. Okay, in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be on the road, but wherever I am, I'm going to be broadcasting from there. So the broadcast is still going to keep going. Okay, so thank you so much, everybody. God bless you. See you soon.